CSN International presents To Every Man an Answer, the live apologetics program that equips you to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. If you have a Bible question or a question on the Christian faith, you can call us at 1-888-827-5276. Again, that's 1-888-ASK-CSN. Let's get things started. Here's today's host, Mike Kessler. Hi, and welcome to... Hi, and welcome to... Friday's edition of To Every Man and Answer. Glad you've joined us. Looking forward to being with you for about the next hour as we get together answering questions about the Bible from the Bible. And so once again, we want to just encourage you to give us a call. That number to call again, 8888-ASK-CSN. We have a few lines open, so you're sure to get on if you give us a call right now. Now, if you're in the Southern Idaho area, I'd like to invite you to church this Sunday. We're going through Acts chapter 19. Now, what's important about Acts chapter 19, Paul writes to uh, some brothers that he found. He says, since you believed, have you been filled with the Spirit? We're going to talk about that, that Jesus Christ, the greatest gift to the world ever, and the gift of the Holy Spirit, the greatest gift to the church ever. We're going to talk about that and the difference between being Spirit-filled and not being Spirit-filled. So if you have a chance to come, bring your Bible. I know you're going to enjoy it. Have a good time as we fellowship together. That's this Sunday, 10 o'clock in person at the River Christian Fellowship, 1030 on the radio. And with that, we just want to invite you to come. I know you're going to be blessed. We have with us today special guest, and not normally on Friday, Scott Parker from Calvary Chapel, Festus, Missouri. Hi and welcome with you as we uh, wind down the week. We're here. Yes, we are. I, my, I've got I can hear you now. I have dead headphones, so I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I can hear you now. Oh, let's see. Yes, if we can do that, that'd be great. Hello, one, two. Oh, we're having a Friday on a Monday <laughs> or a Monday on a Friday. I don't know. I just, um, um, I, I, I have dead headphones, so maybe somebody can fix that. So until we do that, um, Scott, I'll, I'll let I'll let you uh, I'll let you uh, pick the thing. I'm I'm kind of out of the picture until we get some headphones here for me because I can't hear the callers. So okay, um, I I got you, Mike. Yeah, well, it's great to be with you on a Friday, and uh, so anyway, um, we're gonna go ahead. And I will, let's go ahead and go to the phones then. Um, we got Bob from Roswell, New Mexico. And so, Bob, welcome to the program. And uh, you got uh, Pastor Scott and Pastor Mike here who will be with us shortly. How can we help you today? Well, thank you for, for taking my call. And, Ryan, I was just speaking with Ryan, and you all are having problems. So we'll be <laughs> praying that the Holy Spirit would uh, um, uh, just infiltrate that problem and take care of it and get rid of it and you can have uh, the wonderful show that you usually have. Um, well, thank you, Bob. God bless you, brother. <laughs> uh, What's your question? Yeah, I, my question is, I'm asking this uh, question for a friend of mine. His name is Jack from Roswell, and, and he, asked, he asked me a really good question the other day, and I couldn't give him a good answer, so I thought I'd call you guys and, uh, excuse me, you pastors. And uh, mm-hmm. in Second Corinthians 5.8, Scripture says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 through 17 says 
For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Jack would like to ask you if your soul, your spirit, is in heaven, why does your body need to be raised also? Wow, that's a great question, Bob. And so, you know, it's very important because, you know, when God created us, he created us in his image, the Bible tells us, which means he created us. uh, One of the ways that he created us in his image was by creating us as a body, soul, and spirit. God is a triune being, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so he made mankind in his image. One of those ways is body, soul, and spirit. And what's interesting is the the body itself um, is is not sinful in and of itself. God created the body, and as long as the body is is controlled by and is led by the spirit, then the body is very good. Uh, the the fact that uh, that God Himself uh, has a body in the sense of in the person of Jesus Christ. Uh, Jesus becoming a man uh, in order to, you know, redeem us and such. Um, but it's interesting because, again, uh, Jesus Christ is in the scriptures. He is that physical representation of God. Uh, the writer of Hebrews tells us that that Jesus is is the very image of God himself. And that word image is the word icon that actually speaks of a, of a physical image. And Jesus himself, when he was on the earth, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Uh, and so it's it's very interesting um, that when we when we look at God himself, that, uh, that he has a physical representation in the sense of his son, Jesus Christ. And, and we see that very clearly in the Bible. Uh, also in the Old Testament, whenever we see Jesus appear, uh, before he actually became a man, we see this this uh, this being called the angel of the Lord, which many most really good Bible scholars agree that that is a pre incarnate appearance of Jesus Christ. Um, you know, speaking to people and relating to people, and it's a again, it's a it's a physical uh, representation. It's a physical person. Uh, the angel of the Lord is. And one of the ways we know the angel of the Lord uh, was actually Jesus Christ is because when you read those contexts uh, concerning the angel of the Lord, uh, you'll see that many times the person who's interacting with the angel of the Lord uh, sometimes will call him Lord. And also uh, what he will do is offer the angel worship. And so it's very interesting uh, that we see this physical representation of God in the person of Jesus Christ, and God made us in his image. So we, as human beings, God created us body, soul, and spirit. So whenever Jesus came and died on the cross and he died for our sins, he died to save us and to redeem us completely, body, soul, and spirit. He didn't, you know, we we are not going to exist in eternity uh, just as disembodied spirits that are disconnected, uh, you know, to the physical, to, 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 to physical, uh, to the physical realm or to, uh, feelings and such, uh, that are physical. Um, so it's very interesting because the, the redemption that Jesus Christ purchased for us on the cross, uh, is very important because, um, it includes 
the redemption of the body. In fact, Paul mentions this in Romans chapter 8. So it's really interesting when you look at salvation uh, and you look at redemption in the New Testament, you see that what Jesus did on the cross by taking our sin upon himself, and he did that in a physical body, physically, uh, and dying for us on the cross and then being buried and raised from the dead, uh, what we see in that and him ascending to heaven and being our high priest, what we see in that redemption is the redemption not only of our souls and our spirits, which are the, or which are the internal and the invisible uh, part of us, the spiritual part of us, but he also uh, redeemed and died to redeem uh, the physical part of us, which is our bodies. And that's why we're going to receive a new body. And I think it's very interesting too, Bob, um, when you read, for instance, in First John chapter three, uh, or I'm sorry, in yeah, in First John chapter three, John actually says that it does not appear what we shall be, but we know that when Jesus Christ appears, we shall be like Him. And Jesus, uh, after He died, of course, He raised from the dead physically and bodily, and He did that. Uh, Paul says in First Corinthians fifteen. To, to be a first fruit of all of those who put their faith in Christ. He's a first fruit of all of those who are going to raise from the dead. And so that includes us. That includes all believers in him. Uh, not only have the hope of having their souls and spirits uh, in the presence of God, spending eternity with the Lord uh, and being saved and having salvation, and eternal life spiritually that way, uh, but also physically uh, because uh, Jesus himself became a man. Jesus died, was resurrected, and our salvation and our redemption includes our physical bodies because God made us that way. He, he made us, uh, you know, as, as complete beings, we are, you know, as, as he is, uh, we are three parts. And so, uh, the fact that we're body, soul, and spirit, uh, the redemption of the body is included, uh, in our salvation and in our redemption, which we will receive at the rapture and at the resurrection. So whenever Jesus comes again uh, in the clouds and he resurrects the dead believers, they will all receive a new body. And then we who are alive and remain, Paul says in First Thessalonians chapter 4, all the believers, that generation that are alive, when Jesus resurrects dead believers, will be caught up with them. And we see that in First Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 and on. And when that happens, that is when we will receive a new body, a glorified body, as John says, just like Jesus. And so uh, it's a great question because it is true that when we die, uh, according to 2 Corinthians 5, 8, as, as you quoted, uh, we, are, we are absent from the body, present with the Lord. Uh, you know, our bodies will go to the ground or be cremated or whatever happens to our bodies, these physical bodies now. And our spirit and soul will go to be with the Lord. Uh, but when Jesus comes again, there will be a resurrection and we will receive a new body that will never get sick. That body also, uh, will not, you know, will not be, uh, you know, uh, how should I say it? Will not be subject, uh, to, to physical lust and physical temptation. Uh, it'll be just like Jesus' body and, and it'll be glorified. It will be perfect. And that's the way we'll be for eternity. Uh, so it's, it's a great question and it's just interesting, um, because again, this is, this is one of the ways too that Christianity, um, is so much different, uh, than, 
um, all the other world religions. Um, now, I do I do know that Judaism and Islam both hold to the belief of a resurrection of the body, uh, but most world religions don't. And this is one of the things that sets Christianity apart from most of the world religions is the fact that we don't believe that salvation and eternal life is just uh, being a disembodied spirit floating around, you know, uh, in nirvana somewhere. Uh, but we're actually going to have a physical body. And when you read the scriptures, what you see is we're going to return with Jesus Christ in the second coming with him. And when he comes, he's going to come physically, bodily, visibly, and we're going to return with him upon this earth. And we're going to rule and reign, you know, with him on this earth uh, during the 1000 year kingdom. And then whenever that is over, he's going to create a new heaven and a new earth, and we will dwell physically with him uh, for eternity in the new heaven and new earth. And so uh, the promise of the resurrection, Paul called it actually the blessed hope. The blessed hope of the believer is that when Jesus comes, we are resurrected and we spend eternity with him. And so all of that is included in our salvation. So, Bob, does that help? It sure does. Um I'll go ahead and thank you for my friend Jack and uh, my prayer uh, for thank you again and for you both pastors. I pray only God's best for you, your ministry, and your family. God bless you. Well, Bob, uh, I'm sorry about the first part of that program, uh, first part of the program. But um, again, this is why when we read this, uh, the idea of soul sleep uh, is not valid. Mm -hmm. And we have to always remember that. And again, where you have even many of these cults today say, well, uh, the ungodly, it's just annihilation. That is not what the book of Job, uh, Jude teaches. It says that they'll be tormented day and night forever. Uh, that is not annihilation. And so, <clears throat> again, there's always two things the cults have in common. Jesus Christ is not God, and there is no eternal hell. Uh, they all share that same, uh, those same two foundational points. And it's always to me very scary because again, the idea of soul sleep, just as you said, 2 Corinthians 5, 8, absent the body present with the Lord. Uh, and uh, this is so important because again, uh, uh, this fortifies what Jesus said concerning the rich man and Lazarus. Um, they didn't soul sleep. Uh, they they were instantaneous. And the 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 unrighteous man he found himself in Sheol awaiting the great white throne judgment. Hope that helps. It sure does. God bless you. Bob, stay alive. Send you out uh, movie Jesus. I think you'll enjoy that. Let's go to Ken, Austin, Texas. Hi, welcome. God bless you guys. Uh, my question is from uh, chapter uh, Revelation chapter 20, verse 5. It says here, But the rest of the dead lived not again until the thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. That doesn't make any sense to me because I thought the first resurrection occurred at the rapture. Uh, well, when the dead it, it in does. Christ You're right. You're right. That's true. That's for us. But remember, during the millennial reign of Christ, the Old Testament says that if a person dies when they're 100 years old, they'll be considered a child. During the thousand-year reign of Christ, he makes everything new again. Now, if a person dies... During the thousand-year reign of Christ, they don't live again until the end of the thousand-year reign. And this is where the books are open. Those that are names are in the book of uh, Lamb's Book of Life. 
they will go into the new Jerusalem with all of us saints that were ruling and reigning with Christ. And that is all those who believed in, uh, in, in God. Uh, the, the ultimate salvation message was preached there in Abraham's bosom. Jesus led all those who died in faith in the Old Testament uh, to heaven with him. Then all the Christians from that point clear up till uh, the rapture of the church. And then from the rapture of the church to the end of the tribulation, the Bible says they will also rule and reign with Christ as well. Now, during the millennial reign, though, a person that's a Christian uh, that has accepted Christ, uh, if he dies, he doesn't go in the ground, then pop back up and ruling and reigning with him. No, he doesn't live again until the thousand years are up. Then the Bible tells us all those who have lived outside of godliness, outside of Christ, from the beginning of time will stand before the Lord. Now remember, the Sheol, the place of the dead, that is where people go right now ungodly when they die. Now, they don't stand before the great white throne judgment. Why is that? Because their works have not come to full fruition. Think of the person uh, 100 years, 150 years ago, started a cult. Maybe there was 27, 30 people in it. Now there's millions. Imagine the judgment of God for that on that person. Even though he's been long dead, his lies continue to mislead millions of people. Think of the people that teach evolution knowing that there's something horribly wrong with it, or Darwin himself if he didn't repent in his last few hours of life. There's going to be a great re- great uh, uh, reckoning, I believe, during this, this uh, great white throne judgment where everybody's works have come to full fruition. Also, anybody in faith that died during the millennial reign of Christ, those then... The books are checked. If their name is written in the book of life, it says, they're fine. Uh, Those that aren't, they're going to be cast in the lake of fire. They're going to be punished forever. Uh, Hell was never, the lake of fire was never really intended for human beings. But if human beings want to enter into the same rebellion that Satan and his, uh, his fallen angels did, the punishment's the same. So it's going to be pretty tough. uh, And uh, your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's exactly right, Mike. And also, um, it's important to understand, Ken, and, and, and really, it, it is really simple. You just have to understand, uh, where these scriptures are at and, and, and what they say. And so, for instance, the reason you read there in Revelation 20, that it, where it says, blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Okay. Uh, the reason he mentions the first resurrection is because there's going to be a second. Okay. And now, now I know that, you know, that sounds simple, but it's the truth. The second resurrection is going to be, uh, later on in the chapter, in chapter 20 of Revelation, when it's in verse 11, when it says, then I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it. And then it says in verse 12, and I saw the dead, small and great standing before God. Those are unbelievers, as Mike said. Those are unbelievers. And at this point in the book of Revelation and at this point in the future, um, after the millennial, millennial reign is over and Jesus now is going to judge all unbelievers, all that's left in the grave and dead are unbelievers or sinners. 
And why is that? Because all who have put their faith in God through Jesus Christ have been resurrected from the dead. Okay. So who does that include? Well, that includes number one, uh, Paul would tell us in first Corinthians chapter 15 that Jesus was the first to rise from the dead and that his resurrection is a prototype uh, of all of us who are going to be resurrected. And Paul says Christ rose first. He said, and then those who are after him and each one in their own order. Okay, so Paul tells us that when it comes to resurrection, there's an order to it. The order is this. Jesus raised from the dead first because he raised from the dead. Paul tells us in first Thessalonians 14, I'm sorry, in first Thessalonians four, he tells us that if we believe that Jesus rose from the dead, then when he returns, he's going to raise all of those or bring those who have died. So what's interesting is this. Jesus is the first to raise from the dead to never die again. And then the next ones to rise from the dead are, are going to be the church, those who have put their faith in Jesus Christ. Okay, they're going to be the next ones to raise from the dead. And when, when is that going to happen? That's going to happen when Jesus comes in the clouds and raptures the church. All of the dead believers will be raised from the dead. Those who have, those who are part of the church put their faith in Christ. And then again, all of those who are alive, who are part of the church, will be caught up with them. So that's First Thessalonians chapter four. But then also, what you see as you go through the book of Revelation, uh, we see in uh, Revelation chapter twenty, whenever the millennial reign begins and Jesus comes in the second coming, he's going to raise two other groups of people. He's going to raise the Old Testament saints, all of those who died in faith in God in the Old Testament. They're going to be raised from the dead and the tribulation saints, those who put their faith in Christ during the tribulation and were killed or died during that period. He's going to raise them from the dead. And all of that is the first resurrection. So the first resurrection is not a one-time resurrection that happens once and it's all done. The first resurrection happens over a period of time that begins with Christ's resurrection, the church's resurrection, then the Old Testament saints, and then the tribulation saints rising from the dead. All of that is the first resurrection because the second resurrection comes again at the later in the chapter when the sinners, the unbelievers are raised from the dead because at that time, that's all who is still dead are unbelievers. Now, it, before I quit, if I could, let me give you a couple scriptures for that. Um, Jesus actually uh, talked about the resurrection of the just. And in Acts 24, verse 15, uh, Paul said this. Paul said, I have hope in God, he says, which they themselves also accept that there will be, now get this, a resurrection of the dead, both of the just and the unjust. What's Paul telling us there? He's telling us there's going to be two resurrections. The, the first one and the second one. What's the first one? The resurrection of the just. Who are the just? All of those who have put their faith in God, put their faith in Christ, are justified before God. They are the just, and they are part of that first resurrection. The unjust are the unbelievers who haven't put their faith in Jesus Christ and died apart from God, uh, a relationship with God. So... Just having having some difficulties here, but but uh, so, so I I hope Ken, you got the idea here. What's going on? Okay, 
Yeah, yeah, you guys, uh, you guys cleared up a lot of thing. I, I understand a whole lot. Are there any books on the, on the resurrection? It's kind of complicated, but uh, you guys cleared up a lot of things. I don't know of any personal uh, any book, but but um, I think the Bible's pretty clear. But uh, your thoughts on that? Uh, books on resurrection. Oh boy! Any good any good commentary is going to yeah. going to help you out in that area. Yeah, Ken, I think a commentary would be really good. You can go to blueletterbible.org, dot mm-hmm. and uh, there's uh, some good ones there by Pastor Chuck Smith, uh, David Guzik. Uh, there's a couple others there that are good. Uh, but that explains a little bit more of what it is, because again, um, uh, it's it's uh, there. You know, we're dealing with different times, uh, different governments, such as the thousand year reign of Christ, and so uh, that'll all be metered out accordingly. But what's important is to have your name in the book of life, and it's only in there if you ask God to have it put in there for you. Uh, by being born again. Hope that helps. Ken, stay in line. Send you out a movie, Jesus. I think you'll really enjoy it. Based on the book of Luke, I think you'll uh, great for great for uh, evangelism. Stay in line. We'll get you taken care of. Let's go to Bob in Ellensburg, Washington. Hi and welcome. Thank you. Um, going back to Second uh, Corinthians five twenty one, where it says that God made him who uh, had no sin to be sin for us. Can you uh, tell me what your impression is of the word made? God made him. Well, that's why he came, was to redeem us. Um, He he, uh, gave up his place in heaven to come to be born on this earth. Fully God, fully man. Um, uh, he, He made himself to be one of us. And really, what we find in this verse is really uh, uh, Jesus traded uh, his righteousness for our wickedness um, and took it on himself, died on the cross and said it is finished. And because of that, uh, we have eternal life. Not that we deserve it. It's a gift. And because of that gift, that allows us all to go to heaven. Not by works of righteousness, lest any of us would boast but rather because of who Jesus Christ is, the author and finisher of our faith. We're coming up on a break, everyone. We don't want anyone to go away. Bob, we're going to touch touch more on this when we come back on the other side of the break. So when we come back, stay tuned. We'll, We'll be back for more. Hey, this is Brant along with Sherry here. And so you hear me doing these Spots from MediShare, and Sherry actually helps me with them. I get people actually in person saying, okay, Brant, for real, do you recommend this? Like, yeah, uh, for real, I actually do. I'm not just saying stuff. So family, friends ask me about it. I'm like, yes, you should look into this. It's really a great option for a lot of people. That's what I tell people my experience has been. MediShare has been fantastic for me. Yeah. It's so different from health insurance in a lot of great ways, honestly. Yeah. And see, a lot of people who switch tell me that it's the same reaction. They're very, very happy with it. And it gives them peace of mind and saves them a lot of money. I would tell people, look into it. Yep. Uh, so really, for reals, uh, if you want to talk to them, they're great to talk to. I think you'll be impressed and happy you looked into it. So um, you do the phone number. I'm actually tired <laughs> of doing all the phone numbers. Yeah. Okay. Call now. 855-91-BIBLE. That's 855-91-BIBLE. 855-91-BIBLE. Nice job. Thanks. 
More than ever, pastors need to feel people's love and support. Over the last few years, many pastors have seriously considered leaving their church. But 1 Thessalonians 5.12 instructs all churches and all Christians to show and share their deep appreciation for those who minister to them. There is no better time to do this than Pastor Appreciation Month in October. And there's no better way to do it than using the easy as one, two, three Bless Your Pastor materials that are available for free at blessyourpastor.org. That's blessyourpastor.org. Plus, the great news is that if your church uses the one, two, three Bless Your Pastor materials, the pastors at your church will be offered a $300 scholarship application to attend a Family Life Weekend to Remember Marriage Retreat. What a blessing this will be to your pastors and their spouses. For free materials, go to blessyourpastor.org. That's blessyourpastor.org. Back to part two of Jeremy Man and Answer here on this Friday afternoon with Scott Parker. I'm your host, Mike Kessler. And once again, if you're in the Southern Idaho area, I'd love to see you in church on Sunday morning. We're going to be talking about, again, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Again, salvation, Jesus Christ, the greatest gift to the world, the gift of the Holy Spirit, the greatest gift ever to the church. And we're going to be talking about that because it's so important that we are filled with the Spirit. Paul Others in the Bible commend us to be filled with the Spirit. What does that mean? We're going to be talking about that. And uh, so if you bring your Bible, I think you're going to learn a lot. This Sunday morning starts at 10 o'clock, River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho, and on the radio at 1030. So I think you'll have a great time if you come. Again, let's go back to the phones. We have Bob on the line we were speaking with. And Bob, I hope that answered at least part of your question. Um, Actually, I... I apologize. What I meant was, I know that uh, our Lord and Savior was not made, but there's some quotes that will say that that word made makes it seem like he was created. And I was trying to get to the, the deep definition of the word. Again, the cults always do the same crazy stuff to the Bible. They take one verse out of context and build a theology upon it. They all do this. Paul says, if you don't believe in life after death, Why are you baptizing for the dead? So the Mormon church baptizes for the dead. The Bible doesn't say to baptize for the dead. The Book of Mormon doesn't say to baptize for the dead. Paul himself in the Bible says, why are you doing this? Out of context, let's build a theology upon it. Well, again, Jesus was made. See, he wasn't God. He was a created thing. Never mind the other verses in the Bible where Jesus said he was the I am, like in John 8, 58. But cults, this is their MO. It never changes. You find one verse out of context. They build theologies upon it, completely not examining the rest of the scripture. What does the Bible say about that? Well, when we find out that he was God, based upon John 8, 58, and John 8, 59, when they took up stones to stone him because claiming to be God was a capital offense, then we have to realize that this word made here does not mean that he was a created being, but that he's always been, but he took on the form of man. Your thoughts? 
That's exactly right, Mike. And and Bob, let me try to um, help you also with the understanding here. That word made, um, it, it has a couple different meanings. It, it can mean to make. It, it can mean that. But it also means, of which is the context here, it also means to do or to perform, to do something or to perform something. Okay, so here's what's interesting. When you look at this verse, some people will say that Jesus, that God made Jesus to be sin for us. And I've heard people say that when Jesus took our sin upon himself on the cross, he was made sin for us, to be sin for us. In other words, uh, the where it says he made him to be sin, that 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 literally Jesus, when he died for us on the cross, he became what we was. He became a sinner. That is not what this verse means. And people will say that. It's interesting because the word sin here um, is used in the Old Testament. And in the Old Testament, in the Greek translation of the Old Testament, the New Testament's written in Greek. And this word is used in the Greek translation of the Old Testament. And when it is, it's used as sin offering, a sin offering. So what it means here when Paul says he, the Father, made him Jesus, who knew no sin, in other words, who was perfect in both his nature and in his uh, in his behavior, his performance, it says he made him to be a sin offering for us. See, that's what Jesus did. Jesus didn't become a sinner on the cross when he died for us, he became our sin offering in the same way that the priest would lay his hands upon the, um, upon the sacrificial lambs and the, and the goats and would pronounce the sins of Israel, uh, over those animals. Those animals, what they would do is when they would do that, they were literally in, in the sight of God, they were transferring the guilt of their sin upon the animal. Then they would sacrifice the animal. It would shed its blood, make an atonement or a covering for the person's sin, and God would grant forgiveness. And they would have that assurance they're forgiven. What would, what was happening is the sin of the people was being placed upon the animal and the animal became the sin bearer or the one who bore the sin, the one who carried the sin, the one who literally became the sin offering. See, and that's what this word means. So what is Paul saying here? He's literally saying that God had Jesus to do or to perform this act of being our sacrificial lamb. By dying in our place, God took our sins, put them on Christ, and instead of punishing us and judging us, he instead put his wrath upon Jesus, and Jesus uh, died for our sins and the, and the, and the penalty of our sins. And that's what Paul's saying there. So, um, you know, and, and Mike's right. You know, these cults will do that. You, you know, you both are right. They'll, they'll take words like that and say, well, God made Jesus. No, that's not. Uh, if you read Philippians, and I think Mike, you quoted this, Philippians chapter two, uh, where it says that Jesus, uh, made of himself no reputation, uh, but he, came, he became a servant. It just simply means that again, that Jesus became a man. That's all. <laughs> so, you know, but hopefully that kind of helps you understand that word made there, meaning to do or to perform. What was it that God had Jesus to do or perform when he came to earth? 
He had him to be our sin offering. And that's how we can, of course, have our sins forgiven and have them covered. And so uh, it's really important, I I think, to kind of understand the language there because people have taken this verse and twisted it in different ways to make it say things that it just doesn't say. And and also, Mike, I, I, I totally agree with you when it comes to the cults. You know, they always have those those two particular things messed up. Um, but also you, you'll know something is not a right teaching when it doesn't harmonize with the rest of the Bible. You know what I'm saying? Having this idea uh, that Jesus was made, well, that doesn't harmonize with the rest of the Bible because the rest of the Bible tells us he was the creator. He made everything. Um, the fact that Jesus became a sinner when he was on the cross because he was bearing our sins, that doesn't that doesn't pan out either because it goes against all the rest of the scripture speaking how uh, Jesus was the perfect man who had never sinned and he was pure and even when Jesus was dying on the sin dying for our sins on the cross uh, though he was bearing our sins he still was as white as driven snow because he was perfect and that's why he could be our sacrificial lamb because in the old testament it had to be a perfect animal without spot or blemish and Jesus was both of those. He was perfect in his nature, and he was perfect in his uh, in in his behavior and what he did. And so I thank God for that. So, Mike. So I hope that helps. It does. Thank you very much. Uh, it helps a lot with uh, evangelizing. Uh, be blessed. Thank you, Bob. God bless you. Stay in the line. Send you out the movie Jesus. I think you'll enjoy that. And with that, we'll go to Karina, Reno, Nevada. Hi, welcome. Hello, everyone. Hi, how may we help? Um, the reason I'm reaching out is because I'm asking for prayer, maybe a, a little bit of a answering. Recently, I've gone through a lot of, it seems like, trials in my life mm-hmm. with my health and insomnia. Um, it's gotten worse, and I'm just, I'm sometimes wondering if I'm being judged by the Lord or... Maybe I'm not doing something, and the Lord's allowing the enemy to come to attack me, and I'm just... Well, Karina, first of all, let me ask you some questions. Number one, uh, are you in fellowship with other believers? Yes, I am. Okay. Uh, Have you went to your local church, your pastor, and and had them pray over you, anoint you with oil? I mean, have you had any of that? Unfortunately... Um, not yet, but I'm gonna, I'm planning to do that this Sunday. Yes, because you see, we don't battle against what we see a lot of times, but against principalities and spiritual wickedness and all kinds of stuff in high places. And, and so we have to understand that. The second thing that can cause that is, um, where we spend our time. Um, I, I, I think one of the greatest places to find peace is, Reading God's Word, I, I think that will settle your heart. I think that'll cause your nerves to 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 abate, and and you won't be uptight. Uh, I I I I also am very careful with what I allow myself to watch or see, whether it be movies or uh, even some news things like that that can get you riled up. Uh, that can cause all kinds of angst and 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 uh, insomnia as well. Um, God's called us to a life uh, of peace. And and I, I believe there are certain things that we can do, we ourselves can do to take that peace away. Now, I'm not saying you're doing that. I'm just saying I want to make sure that those aren't things that are happening. Now, 
I know another thing. I'll, I'll suffer insomnia very badly if I drink a, a cup of coffee after about three o'clock in the afternoon or a, or get a, an iced tea and drink that. I, I won't be able to sleep till five in the morning. So I, I think there's a lot of things that we can do that we have, have to be careful of. And certain people have different, um, you know, uh, reactions to different things they may eat. So there's a lot of things that can cause what you're describing. Um, I, I do know that if you're involved in ministry, uh, you're not eating anything crazy, uh, drinking coffee lattes at nine o'clock at night, um, not watching things so bad things into our conscience. Like in other words, watching a, a gory movie or something like that. I believe those can, can, can cause uh, insomnia. Um, but if you're not doing any of those things and you're involved in ministry, then I believe it is and can be very much from the devil uh, because the devil wants to stop anybody from doing anything for the kingdom of heaven. And God will even use people who claim to be Christians to do his dirty work. And it, it doesn't fail all the way through the Bible. I mean, look, even Jesus himself had Judas Iscariot. He was one of the 12, and yet he had nothing really to do with Christ. He was there just as a poser. And we find this all the way through the Bible. So we have to be very, very careful to really look and see what possibly is the cause of this. And if I'm not doing anything against God's word, if I'm, if I'm not um, uh, eating anything that's going to keep me up late at night, um, then, yeah, I do believe it can be uh, demonic forces and and. Those we can come against in Jesus' name. Otherwise, I think we need to come against some of these problems uh, in the Spirit, in common sense. And I believe, Karina, a lot of times that will do it. Have you been watching anything that is not good? No. No. When I go um, to my room, I usually uh, watch um, YouTube. There's videos that have scriptures and music. Uh That's usually what I watch. Okay. Well, that's very good. Now, how about your diet? No, I'm not drinking coffee. Or tea or anything with caffeine in it that'll, you know, they go, well, I don't drink coffee or I don't drink tea, but, you know, I'll drink one of those monster drinks before I go to bed. Man, (laughs) you'd be skying. So those are all just things that I like to ask a person. But yes, Karina, we'll certainly pray for you. Uh, that the Lord, you know, the Bible says God gives sleep to those that he loves. And I believe that. Um, your your thoughts, Scott? Yeah, you're exactly right, Mike. You know, when it comes to, comes to this, there could be a lot of reasons. I mean, there could be uh, things going on in your mind. It could be mental. Uh, it, it can be physical, as Mike said. It can be emotional. Uh, and it can be spiritual. And uh, so, you know, what I what I would share with you, Isabel, is this is, is you know um is 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 if you're confident um that you know your sins are forgiven um and that you have no undue business with god okay cuz cuz i do know this if you read uh psalm 32 uh when david was guilty of sin and and we know he was from the sin he committed with bathsheba and that whole episode well in psalm 32 he prays and he actually talks about all the physical problems and 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 and, uh, and emotional and mental problems he was going through because he did not confess his sin to God okay now I'm not saying that you've sinned I'm not accusing you of that I'm, I'm just saying you know in your heart just make sure 
that that what's not keeping you awake is any kind of guilt because guilt and shame and things like that if we don't deal with them before the lord and confess them and and repent of them uh it can cause us sleepless nights um so if that's not an issue uh, if it is an issue well you know you go to the lord and deal with that but if it's not um then i would say this too uh you know that scripture that mike quoted uh is actually from psalm 127 and uh it actually says um to not eat the bread of sorrows and so i would also say isabella um you know is is there anything in your life that you're worried about you know is, is you know is is there anything going on in your life that maybe uh you know worry is is eating at you uh, because I know this, I know worry and anxiety will also uh, keep people awake. That's another thing that will that will happen. And if that is the case, then you know what? Read Philippians, uh, Philippians chapter 4 and read verses 6 and 7 because it tells us not to worry but to pray about everything. And the result of that is God will give us peace. And um, so I would just really encourage you, uh, as Mike said in Psalm 127, it goes on to say, Instead of worrying about things and, and, and eating the bread of sorrows, it says that God gives his beloved sleep. And so that's a, that's a gift. It really is, uh, especially for those who have a hard time sleeping. Uh, you really find out how much of a gift sleeping is. Um, but we believe that the Lord wants to give you rest, not only spiritually, uh, but also mentally and emotionally and uh, physically as well. And so uh, I for that, Mike. <laughs> Amen. I hope that answers it for you, dear. And is it okay if we pray for you? Yes, please. Thanks. Father, we lift up Karina to you, and we just ask mm-hmm. you, Lord, that you would take the anxiety away. Yes. Peter says, casting all our cares upon you, you care for us. Casting means to literally throw it to you. And so, Lord, we just ask you that you would help Karina throw these things that are holding her back and holding her down that she would be able to have that freedom that comes from you. And so, Lord, may you just heal her heart, bring her comfort as only you can do. And Lord, thank you for your kindness that you have and show towards us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Karina, I'll send you something I think you'll enjoy. I'll send you the movie Jesus, okay? Thank you. God bless you both. Thank you very much. Karina, we're here for you. If you need anything, let us know. Let's go to Isabel in Idaho. Hi, and welcome. Hi, Pastor Mike. Yes, hi. Yeah. Um, Truly, first, I want to thank you guys for all you do, all your answers, because it just opens our minds and hearts to what really is Jesus' word. Uh, And anyway, my question was, I was at a gathering, um, about a few, couple of weeks, two, three weeks ago, and these people, they were cook. They were going to cook a pig and stuff, and but they were going to cook. They, well, they did. They cooked the blood, like make blood pudding. Uh huh. I and she, the one of the girls there, the lady there. She asked me, "Well, would you want to help?" And I said, "No, I will not. I I can't help." Mm. And she says, why? And it says, because you, that's not right to cook the blood. It's the, the Bible says that God's word says that we should not eat the blood because it's the life of the animal. You should let it drain on the dirt, on the earth. 
and she looks at me and makes a kind of a critic critical remark and she says well what are you Isabel are you are you Jehovah and I and like Jehovah Witness I guess that's what she meant I don't know but I didn't want to get into it but I said no I am not I'm a follower of, of Christ and I have faith in Christ and believer of Christ that's my faith and so she just looked at me and says well you're living in the Old Testament we're living in the New Testament. And I said, well, it does, I don't, I, I mean, I just like, I stopped there because I didn't want to uh, go any further and cause conflict between us or anything. And, but I just said, I just wanted to say, well, I'm going to, I'm going to tell myself, I'm going to call Pastor Mike to every man and answer and ask him what he thinks about that. I don't think I would have cooked, I would have eaten it either. I, I, I just, there's, all kinds of, there's reasons why you had the dietary laws in the Old Testament. And because the blood is high in protein and stuff, it generally would be that which would be first to to spoil. Um, but uh, I, I personally wouldn't probably eat anything boiled in blood just from, just, just from common sense. Y- your thoughts? You know, Mike, I agree. And, and I understand the, the, point that the people were making, uh, saying that was old covenant law. And now we're in the new Testament, which is true. I get that. Um, but at the same time, you know what, uh, Isabel, we have to do, uh, we have to live our lives, not only according to scripture, uh, but Paul also talks about living our lives according to conscience. And, you know, if, if something, uh, pricks our conscience that doesn't seem right to us and, it, it makes us feel like we're sinning against God. Um, and if that's where we're at in our life with that certain subject, then it's okay for us to abstain and not take part in that. And, um, if you read, you know, scriptures specifically, um, in Romans chapter 14, Paul deals with this. Uh, he also deals with it in first Corinthians chapter eight, uh, where they, they were talking about this same subject, a subject close to this, right? They were talking about, uh, eating, uh, meat that had been sacrificed to idols. Um, I do know in Acts 15 that when it came to the Jews and the Christian and the uh, Gentiles getting along in the church, that the church in Jerusalem, when they had the first, uh, the first church conference or first, uh, uh church council, uh, they were, they were like, okay, how, how Jewish do Gentiles have to be and how much of the law do they have to follow in order to be believers in Jesus, you know, in order to be right with God. And, uh, they, they did bring up this issue of not e- eating animal sacrifice, uh, to idols and not to eat or drink the blood, uh, because, and the reason for that wasn't so much because you know, uh, well, you can't do that as a Christian. It was because you don't want to offend the Jewish brother, you know, uh, and that's what that was about. And you can read about that in first or in Acts chapter 15. Um, but I agree with Mike, you know, for me, and I, I do know, you know, this blood pudding thing, they also call it black pudding. And, uh, it's where they actually, you know, take the blood and it's a kind of sausage that they make using the blood. 
Um, to me, it just sounds disgusting. I wouldn't like to eat that sort of thing. And I just don't, you know, I, I look at it from a health standpoint, uh, even more than I look at it from a, a, a you know, a spiritual standpoint. Um, because, you know, it is true. Jesus in the New Testament said not what goes into a man that defiles him. It's, it's what comes out of his heart, you know, and what comes out of him. Um, but just the, just the health factor, uh, I, I don't see, you know, and, and I'm not a doctor, so I don't know all these things, but I can't think it would be too healthy, you know, eating, eating blood. Um, and it's not something that I would even want to taste or eat, but I can't think that it would be a health benefit. Uh, maybe I'm wrong about that, but, uh, Mike, I agree with you. It doesn't sound appetizing. No, I, it's, you know, and, and, you know, we go to heaven because Jesus died on the cross, not because I've eaten right. blood pudding or not. I just right. wouldn't eat it anyway. Uh, just eh, creepy. Uh, Isabella, I hope that helps, Jim. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I just, I, I think there's many better things to eat, especially at a gathering. So, anyway, um, no, I think you, you know, I think you did what was the best way to do it, and uh, I wouldn't in any way feel beat up or or anything like that. I would just say, well, that's my preference, and you know, um, I think that's a good way to go. So, uh, having a clear conscience before God is always a great thing. Sam Lane, Isabel will send you out some books, some DVDs. I think you'll enjoy. With that, we'll go to Carol Washington. Hi, welcome. Hi. How may uh, we help? I was just calling for a praise. Yes. Uh, my husband, who was a while back, three weeks ago, he was having problems with his heart and his hip. He broke his hip. I don't know if you remember. Mm-hmm. But anyway... He's well now. He's doing well. But we decided that the praise part comes from God had him break his leg or his hip so that we could find out about his heart. Oh, I've seen that happen, dear. And, and uh, yeah, I, you know, you, you go in for something kind of minor uh, of course, broken hip is pretty major, but but something along that lines, only to find that it was a, a bigger time bomb down the road, and uh, God's grace is there. But you know, Carol, you know, Jesus talked about the 10 lepers that were healed, and he said, how is it that I healed 10? Only one came back and said, thank you. Uh, and I, I really believe that God notices these things. So Father, thank you for uh, touching Carol's husband. We just thank you again for your faithfulness and goodness And Lord, oftentimes, even when we're not, you're always good to us. And so, Lord, thank you that these things were found out. And Lord, may Carol and her husband uh, have many more years, Lord, of serving you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, Scott, we're out of time. Carol, stay in line. We'll send you out some books, some DVDs, Shasta, the rest. Please call us back. We'll put you on first thing on Monday. And uh, again, Scott, uh, thanks so much for be in the program. We had some technical difficulties, but we got through them. Hope to we see did. you on Sunday morning, Chapter 19, River Christian Fellowship, 10 o'clock, Twin Falls. Hope to see you there. God bless you. Good night. To find out more about this ministry or to receive a copy of today's program, please call 1-800-357-4226 or write us to Every Man and Answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226.
Subscribe to the free podcast on iTunes by searching for To Every Man and Answer in the iTunes store or visit us online at csnradio.com slash T-E-M-A. To Every Man and Answer is a production of CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network. The opinions expressed by our guests may or may not be those of CSN International or of this station. 